Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. You know, I've been amazed. I really, this tonight is just about, you know, fulfilling your dream. You have a divine destiny and I believe that you need to catch your song again. You need to <clears throat> look at your dream and I'm here to stir you up, stir the pot of whatever God put inside of you, that it would be rebirthed, that it would be rebooted, re relit. And that I'll, you say, well, I've, I've filled all my dreams. Thank you. I'm actually, you know, retired <laughs> and I'm just collecting seashells by the seashore. I'm like, well, you know what? He's going to put new dreams in your life and a new expectation. And really, I believe that some of you in here that you've gotten disappointed by the, by the ebbs of time and, you know, things maybe didn't happen the way they were supposed to happen. And well, I'm almost, this is my favorite saying, not that I'm really anybody, but I'm a, a face of your future. And I'm, I'm going to be you someday and dip, uh, telling the glories of God, telling the mysteries of God, that I'm the one that was hopeless and now became hopeful. I'm the one that lost her vision and had became full of vision. You know, just a, a few years ago, really in nine, 2008, <clears throat> We found our son in prison. We have four children. It was our third boy, and, his, and he's a precious. All of our kids are, of course, precious. And, and after years of, since 14 years old to 28 years old, he just blazed a trail of absolutely ridiculousness and landed in prison as we were pastoring this whole entire time in our lives. And I found myself laying on my bed and had all my little God books and you know, and I just began to cry out and I said, Lord, I never really thought it would come to this. I never really thought that I would have a child that would end with a felony and be locked up in a prison some year upstate Louisiana where, you know, hard, hard labor, the whole nine yards. And I really knew that I needed to make a choice because I felt like that my light was going out. I found myself discouraged and distraught and after all these years and all that we've done and then it came to this and something began to really just the presence of the Lord begin to come as I laid out all my little books, my little God books of just telling the glories of the Lord and, and it was almost as if <clears throat> that my life was thrown up like a graph so to speak and there was, there was dots and there was lights, almost like the galaxy. And you could see the Big Dipper, but it was my life. And there was points and there was, there was memoirs all coming together and all creating a, this beautiful story, a song, so to speak. You know, that's what happens to each and every one of you. Actually, in Genesis 1-1, it says that God hovered in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That was me on that bed that day. It was, a, it was the face of the deep. It was a void place. Have you ever been in a void place where you thought, I've just stopped? 
I didn't think it was going to happen this way. If somebody would have told me in a million years that I would have had a son actually that was hit by a car, drugged down a street, hips dislocated, burned all over his body in the year 2000, left for dead, and then now he ends up in prison in 2008. I was with void. I was without. I had no void in me left. But like God always does, he looks for the void places. He looks for the places that he can create a new song and a new dance and a new joy. Because when he knows when you've come to the end of yourself, when you've become empty, when there's no man left in you, you know, I couldn't get to my son anymore. There was, there was a prison door that separated me from him. And that was exactly where the Lord wanted my son to be. Because I couldn't get my grimy little enabling hands, the mother's enabling hands, on my child anymore. And so there I was. Though he, but that's the, the, that's the operation of the Holy Spirit. How many might be in that place tonight where you feel void, where you feel lifeless, where maybe the song has gone out of you? And I want to say to you tonight, awake, O oh sleeper, yeah. Ephesians 5. Awake, O oh sleeper, and arise from the dead, for Christ comes and he shines upon you. So there I was on that little bed, and, you know, my life was flashing before me in a sense. And, you know, I remembered me at 14 years old having a baby and giving him up for adoption and I, get, I got born again at the precious age of 16 years old. That's why I'm the voice of someone's future in here. I am now 60 years old. To have the honor of walking with Christ all those years. But let me finish this other story. The 2008 story of my son in prison. And so then he said, Paris, it's time. It's time. And he began to lay out this whole map of how possibly that... It would be time for me to start this Women's Restoration Center in New Orleans. We ended up having a building that we had acquired in Katrina. That's another whole long story how, in which maybe you've heard it before, how Katrina had swept through our city. Are you noticing a slight timeline? 2005 Katrina, 2008, my son's in jail. And all he does is he speaks over the face of the waters. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. There'll be times, there'll be seasons, there'll be years. There'll be good years, there'll be bad years. Years of sowing, years of slashing it out. But in the middle of it all, God's never will leave you. He's always right on time. He's always on it. He never sleeps, he never slumbers. Because the power of the Lord is always working in us and through us and upon us. And it's an amazing work of the Holy Spirit. What we have to do is learn how to move with him, to learn how to bend with him. And so he showed me a way that I could do this. He showed me a way financially that I could begin to uh, move 12 girls into a building and financially let go of our janitorial service that we had at our school. And I began to hire our staff through that. Well, that was too... I guess we're getting ready to celebrate in 2018, 10 years, Brother Bailey. 10 years of Mary's song. Crazy. 
crazy. I can tell you, did I know anything? No. I didn't know anything about drug addicts. Oh, I considered myself a drug addict. After all, I got saved at 16 and I was on, I smoked joints. You know, I won't go into all what I did, but it really wouldn't be the drug habits of, of nowadays. After all, it was 14 to 16. Really? In fact, they, would, they, they like to tease me about my drug, my drug habit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, I know. Be quiet. But I didn't have the means. I don't have the means. Little did I realize in 2017, there's been not 500,000 people have died to drug opiates, to drug overdoses, that it's been the worst devastation. It's a crisis in America as we speak, that cities are being emptied out because of the overdoses that's going on. Little did I realize that in 2008, as I sat upon my bed and mourned my loss, that God was doing something much bigger than we would ever ask or think. That's what he does in each and every one of you. All he's looking for is a vessel, a vessel that's without form, that lays upon the deep, that the Holy Spirit can brood upon. And I love that saying that it says here in this revival Bible. It says, God dreams for mankind and creation explodes through simple words, light be revealing the potential for the miraculous and demonstrating the power of the spoken living word. Love this quote. True revival begins when the spirit hovers, hovers over that which looks dead and produces an explosive revelation of his light-giving word, exposing what is needed to initiate change and create new life. He goes to the very thing of your weakness. He goes to the dead and the broken things. He goes to those that are limpless and lifeless, that feel like they're inept. That's the ones that he looks for, to show forth his glory. How many know what I'm talking about? God works a far exceedingly weight of glory in you that you could ever imagine, according to his greatness and according to his power. What's your job to yield? To yield to the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. To begin to step forward and say, I have no idea where this is going. I have no idea what I'm doing. But I'm going to just, I'm just going to step out here. It's called baby steps. You know, when I got saved, I was, I, I never graduated high school. I got my GED when I was 50 years old. And I'm very proud of it. Thank you very much. And so when I got saved at 16, this is the way my life looked. Baby steps. Read my Bible. Pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Yes, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1973 at God's Army Seminary of the Bible in Kerman, California. A little southern girl named Carl Roach prayed with me to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is me. Oh, wow, look how far I've gone. At 21 years old, we were sent down to New Orleans and started church. I would have been the pastor's wife at 21. Can you imagine? Yeah, right, me too. I could not imagine. <laughs> Frank was 26. Talk about mortifying. He, put, he continually puts you in a place where you feel that you cannot do this, that this is not going to work. And though, so God, that's what he does. That's what he loves you. You're not just just floating out in orbit like that movie I forgot what it's called gravity or something and there's uh, whatever her name is Sandra Bullock just floating that's not you you think you're floating you think you're out in orbit you think that God's nowhere to be found 
but he's right on it. He loves to work in you and through you and above you every day of your life. Amen? God's got you. You know, this is a, vor a scripture that I have for you guys. And in Amos 9.13, I love this. It says, the, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes, him that sows seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. How come they don't have those scriptures up on that overhead? Where is it? Oh, is there working on it? You're working on it. It's okay. It's all good. They have the notes? Okay. All right. So that's an awesome scripture. We're going to read it again. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman, Amos 9, 13, shall overtake the reaper, reaper and the treader of grapes, hymns that sow seed. And the mountains shall drop sweet rind, and all the hills shall melt. You know, this is an amazing scripture. And basically what it means, when you continually to sow, when you continually be faithful, just day, day by day. Come on. Day by day, I know it's an old song. Oh, dear Lord, I'll stop. Three things I pray. All right, I'll stop. So what happens when you begin to put all that in practice, it begins to become a Holy Ghost combine sheen. The more you're faithful, the more you tithe, the more you're just faithful in your tithe. It's not necessarily the more you tithe, the faithfulness of your tithe. But I'm sure the more you tithe too, there begins to be a combine machine. Meaning as that person is reaping, there's a whole other combine machine that's going to overtake the reaper. He's going to, oh, did you hear what I said? They're going to overtake the reaper. You know, this year we woke up with that scripture at Victory Fellowship. And we were just praying. We all actually, which we do every year, we have a New Year's Eve service. And we just usher in prayer and prophecy, it's called. Maybe you do that here too. And we just have prophetic words for one another. And that was one of the words, prophetically. That actually, Frank was praying over our associate. That he was going to come up with different combine machines to reap the harvest in New Orleans. In fact, that's actually happening. There's been a new mantle, a fresh mantle on our associate on ways to harvest. Well, little did I realize, here I was just faithful with Mary's song and faithful with the church and just, you know, doing the, the works of the, of the Lord like we always do, all of us, just faithful in our jobs. And I was actually looking for a house for me because it's always been all about me at the end of the day. And I was looking for a house for me, and I was driving around. And, and this is the discourse I had with the Lord. I said, Lord, I was looking at a few houses, and I'm like, what am I doing? These houses are just, uh, they ain't doing nothing for me. And he said, you know what? You know, you're going to know when you see it. I'm like, okay. Well, at the end of the day now, I'm at my last house. And it really, it wasn't a house for me. It was a house for the church. And there was this apartment complex, and I drove up. And then when I stepped on the campus, I thought, oh my gosh, this is it. I had no idea. And see what happened over the course of eight years working with Mary's song. We have 12 girls that stay a year. And the, and the, probably the first six years, they didn't quite stay a year. They didn't stay six weeks, four months. There was a huge turnover. Not a huge turnover, but a turnover. So much that you really didn't get too close to the girls, unfortunately. Some, you know, they did fine. Some died. Some we've never heard of since. 
But we, had a, we changed what we did. And for the past two years, we've had girls that stay a year. And we've bonded. They've really become a part of our family. Can you imagine 12 girls for a year? You know them intimately. You know their families. You know their children. And we bonded. So now they're getting ready to graduate. And I'm getting nervous because our graduation after a year, we have a transition house, but it's not quite going the way I want it. And so when I drive up on this property, I see eight two-bedroom apartments all redone, a main house in the middle. And I'm like, that's it. It's going to be another phase of Mary's song. Not only, not only are they going to stay a year in the first phase, we're going to get them to stay another year in the second phase by moving into off the campus, onto apartments. They're going to be able to get jobs all under the umbrella, so to speak, of a mom and pop that live on campus, guiding them, discipling them, encouraging them. And like, this is perfect. And so March 18th, I made my 60th, and we made it a big, a big we call it Bethesda Community. And we also decided to start a discipleship training school at the same time. That we were able to take 18 to 25 year olds and begin to put them through our Bible school. And we've always dreamed about that. And, and so believe it or not, you know, this is just a testimony. We, we were able to raise 60,000. I've never raised that much money in my entire life, me personally. Or, you know, it wasn't me personally, but you know what I mean. $60,000 for that. The, the, the property was $875,000. And we're talking about God's math. And I can go on and on how they, our mortgage company dropped the rate from three points, I mean, 4.7% to 4.2%. That's a half percentage on millions of dollars. And so we were able to put that whole loan into our big old mama loan of $3 million. And so anyways, we ended up, our interest, our interest that we would be spending, it was the same amount of interest. I don't know if you can even follow what I just said. <laughs> but it was amazing what happened. And then my insurance company just went, met, met with me and said, you won't believe this, Paris, but this purchase of your, listen to this story, the purchase of your $850,000, 8,000-square-foot property you can imagine the insurance on that. It said he put it in an, it, it puts you in another tier, and now you're saving $14,000 per year. <laughs> and I just went, God's math. Price is going down $14,000. And the interest, you know, went down a half percent. And the income, these girls will all pay rent. The income of these houses will pay the note down faster than we had it before. I don't even understand that. That's called God's math. So what happens when you begin to get into the vortex of God? As you lay upon that bed, dead, you're void. Your dreams are shattered. You've had setbacks. You've had hiccups. You've had disappointments. If you don't watch out... You will allow the devil and your, your soul man to snuff yourself out and lay discouraged and disgusted and you'll die young. God wants to rebirth the death in you. He wants to hover over your dead things and create life. And he wants to do something absolutely amazing. 
I am the voice of your future. I've come here to say, awake thou, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. Through all your hardships, through all your turmoils, through all the things that you go for, rise up, breathe again. Let God flow through you. Somebody needs to hear your story. You know, there's a girl at our, at, in what Mary's song, and she's now worked for us as one of the, she's the assistant overseer of Mary's song, and she found herself, her husband overdosed, and she found herself that she couldn't live anymore, and so she found herself at the lakefront of New Orleans. This is pre-Mary's song, and she was a major heroin addict, and she took a gun, and she blew her chest off, blew herself. But in the middle of her sinking, she saw a hand come down and raise her up. At the same time, a policeman was knocking at her window. She lived. She doesn't know why or how she ended up in Mary's song. And then this is, maybe I said this story last time I was here and she was looking through all these old pictures. Her mother had died a long time ago and she found this old picture and it was a, her sister started telling her about it and how her mother used to turn, attend this crazy old church on Transcontinental and, and uh, Kiwani. And Rachel looked up knowing our history and she said, that was my church. And then she realized, now get a load of the story. Just follow me if you will. Let's go back if you can, to, I'm sorry, to 1978. We would have been on Transcontinental and Kiwani. There would have been Rachel's mother sitting on the pew. She would have died of breast cancer. I don't really remember her. It was a long time ago. But I guarantee this little mother's daughter named Rachel had been taken away from her. The father had taken Rachel away from her mother. So I can see her. It's almost like we're in that TV show, that going back in time and it's an investigation, that file, cold case. Cold case. <laughs> We've opened up a cold case file. Sorry. I'm sorry the way I preach. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> so here we are. You know, the Holy Spirit, he's, the, he's not bound by time. Yeah. So he goes to the mother. I can see the mother. I can see you praying. Praying. You're praying. You're praying. There you are. You're praying. Praying for your daughter that you never can be with. She dies and goes on to heaven. Rachel takes a gun to her chest on the lakefront. Fast forward through time. God's not bound by time, is he? There she is. There's Jesus with her mother. And Jesus turns to her and says, I got this. <laughs> Pulls Rachel back up. And then plops her right smack in, her in our church. And Rachel says, always says this, I always had such a sense of home when I walked into this building. You know, she's the smartest Bible school student that we've had. We're always impressed about the amount of speed that she's, she's going through. She's almost passing time in a miraculous way of healing. It's supernatural. God wants to do something supernatural in you.
You're a Rachel. You're Rachel's mother. And the main part of this whole thing is we're not to get discouraged. We're not to lose heart. Amen? We're to, we're to persevere. We're to press on. We're to understand that the work of God is always amazing. It's always beyond us. He's out the box. He's always been out the box. We can't trace him. We cannot follow him. We cannot put him. We cannot say this is the way it's supposed to be we can get angry we can shut down but even in the middle of that he broods he speaks and he says light be you know there's a beautiful scripture in 2nd Corinthians 18 it says this is part of that song it says and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the glory of the Lord 2nd Corinthians 3:18, are being transported into his image with intensifying glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit the more, so what is, you, what, is, what is your part? You just need to keep beholding the Lord. Yes. Beholding the face of the Lord. Reading the word. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Just staying faithful. Coming, showing up. Being there. Walking in his past. You know, Jesus' name isn't gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. It's not his name. It's I'm just thankful. I always love you got me at hello. I just love that. I'm good, Jesus. I love you. I ask nothing else because he's got it covered. He's on it. He's always on it. Let's just worship the Lord. Father, we just worship you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost download upon these people, Lord, that someone in here is a broken dream. Someone in here has given up. Someone here has lost their hope. Father God, I thank you for hope restored, for grace to be lifted. Lord, you're the lifter of our head. Lord, you come and you are mighty, God. You do amazing things. You know, these are some other scriptures. Yeah, we can talk about Abraham. We can talk about in Genesis 15, 5, that he, Abraham had to learn to change his perspective. Abraham was thinking about what he had not. God kept telling him what he had. Abraham's 15, 5 said he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if you be able to number them. And he says, So shall thy seed be. Oh, you've got to dream big. You've got to look at the stars. You've got to begin to incubate. You know what's so funny is I can go back in time and I never really, I, I, I remember, I can see myself in Slidell, I can see myself in Dallas, Texas, and I saw myself a lot of times just depressed. I saw myself thinking about suicide. But if I go back and look in that bathroom again, I saw him there. And I remembered that voice when I went back and he was there. And I, re I vividly recall a little girl, eight years old, 10 years old, and I vividly recall, it's going to be okay, wait and see. I'm the voice of your future. It's going to be okay. He's Christ in you, through you, above you. He's faithful. Everyone say hallelujah. He was there in your worst moment. He was there when you didn't think anybody was there. He was there singing over you his songs of love, his songs of hope. He was brooding over you in an unbelievable, spectacular way. In Genesis 17, 5, he changes the name of Abraham. 
He says, neither shall thy name be called Abram, but I have made thy name Abraham, for the father of many nations have I made thee. That means he put Abraham and he added a ha, Abraham, Jehovah. He changes us. He breathes his ha, 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 ha over our lives. He erases the negativity of Satan. He erases the negativity of what people have spoken over you. And he comes back with a ha, ha, ha. This isn't the way it's going to be. Isn't that amazing? Ha, ha, ha. He brings joy and laughter to all of our sad stories. You know, I pray that you find Christ in this amazing embryo of life that's going on with you and him. You have no idea what God's going to do through you. And it doesn't stop. These aren't old stories. These are present stories. He didn't touch me in 1994. He's touching me today. Oh, it started. It started in 1973 when I said the sinner's prayer on the lakefront of New Orleans. But it's been, it's been a combine machine. It's been boom, boom, boom. No, I haven't really done anything spectacular well, I really haven't I don't have the gifts I don't have the manpower but Christ in me Christ in you all it is is just baby steps yeah. what are you doing baby steps <laughs> I'm going man I am running my race and that's how it is but you'd be surprised how much it works how much it does how God's word does an amazing work in all of us amen so what is your dream? What has God put in your belly? Oh, shucks. I don't want to talk about that. Talk about it. Think about it. Let him brood in you. It's going to look different. Sure, it's not going to be the way you really thought it would be. But somewhere in there, it's going to be something that smells like you thought it always was. You know, when, when I, so let me read some more scriptures. So in, jo in um, Jacob has an amazing, I was thinking about dreams last night. Really what started this was I literally felt that someone had given up on their dreams. I really sensed that last night. And so I remember I started thinking about all the dreams in the Bible and, and all the, how they were, how, I, I don't know about you, but if you think about the Bible, I haven't read anyone in here that said this is a bunch of crock. This is just full of it. This is, this is, everybody said, oh man, it's just a bummer. I know that the great hall of faith, they're not all chanting, don't stop running. It's not like the way it was. That's not what they're saying. Everybody in here is, is cheering and they're pounding and they're, and, they're, and they're sounding the same chant. Do it. It's going to be worth it. It is worth it. It's always been worth it. There's a song in your heart. What is your song? What does it say? How does it look like? Is it with your children? You can be a mother of a nation with your children. Are you a secretary at work? Just hello AT&T may I help you and you're like oh my god this is so boring but somewhere out of the world you could touch the next Catherine Coleman you got no idea because most likely it will happen most likely you're going to be the person that touches somebody or whatever or you're going to be the somebody it doesn't matter you're all part of the major chain length of God the song of God do you follow me? Do you follow me? 
All right, so there was J Jacob. He awoke out of his sleep in Genesis 28, 12 and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. Surely, and I knew it not, and he named it Bethel. God is in every step. Do you not feel him? Let's say you're mowing the lawn. He gets, you, can, you, can have a, you can have God all over you when you're mowing the lawn. You can have all God all over you when you're going fishing. You can have God all over you when you're vacuuming. You can have the best download from heaven when you're doing the most mundane task because that's the way he operates. He's not that difficult. He's not, he's easy. All, and then the main thing is your part is just to realize it's God. In Joseph, in 37, Genesis 37, 5, it says, Joseph dreamed a dream. I love this. And he told it to his brothers, and they hate him yet the more. Dream a dream. Dream a dream. Do you dream dreams? Do you have a dream in your heart? Is it about your kids? Is it about, you know, oh, we had four kids. They all are doing things that we never dreamed, but yet they're all doing things that we dreamed, if that makes sense. Let me say that again. They're all doing things that we never dreamed, but yet they're doing things that we dreamed. They're going for God. They're going for Him. They're loving their families. God's got a plan. You have a dream. Don't let anybody, don't let yourself put it out. That's a God-given dream. You know, we named our kids. We were all, you know, born again. We were newly saved, just living large. Jeremy David Bailey, Nate, Nathaniel Paul Bailey, Micah Benjamin Bailey, and Grace Rebecca Bailey. All of them were given God names. And that's the way it is. We're never going to give up. We're never going to relent. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep running. Joseph dreamed a dream. What is it that you're dreaming? I love it. I love that. All right, let's go on. I love Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 2. It says, I sleep, but my heart wakes. It is the voice of my beloved that knocks, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of night. We, we sometimes fall asleep, but he'll come and he'll wake us. <sighs> he'll wake us again. The winds are blowing. There's a south wind blowing, and it comes and it blows on us. He awakens us. I sleep, but my heart awakes. She was suddenly caught in a, in a vortex of God. He was surrounding her. He was singing her with songs of love, songs of hope. Do you not hear what I hear? Do you not see what I see? Oh, you can look at all the negativity. You can look at all the, all the bad and all of that. All of it. You could think it was bad. You think we're without hope, but you're wrong. In the middle of the worst scenario, God's always there. Everyone say amen. You are the light in the darkness. What's your job to be steady at your, at your post? Just be steady, to be faithful, to be strong. Yeah, we got issues. We can talk about our issues all day long. We might walk like this. We might be one eye. We might, might be having no arm. We might have no legs. We might have to just walk like this everywhere we go. But you know what? It's okay. It's all right. We be running. We be running. We be faithful. We're finishing the course because it's Christ in us. We're running your, our race. I love it. You know, in Acts 2.46, there was a major prophecy that Peter began to quote out of the book of Joel 2.28. And we all know this scripture. And it says, and it shall come to pass afterward. 
that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And what? Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And what? I love this. Your old men shall dream dreams. Woo! And your young men shall see visions. I like them old men seeing them dreams. They think that they're dead. They ain't dead. They think they're retired. They ain't retired because they're dreaming dreams. They're shaking and a moving. They're rattling. Their bones are going to be shaking and living and breathing again because you dreamed a dream. Joseph dreamed a dream and it changed his life. You know, I dreamed a lot of different dreams about one was break forth to the left and to the right. Paris dreamed a dream and it happened a long time ago in a faraway place. But you know what? It's always been the same. Expand to the left and to the right. Have you dreamed a dream? I dreamed another dream that I was called for such a time as this. I was at the kitchen sink at 27 years old. Heather and Zach have heard these stories 10 million times. There I was at the sink contemplating suicide. My, <clears throat> my three boys were running all over the house. Frank was at the church. And there I was doing my thing. I was depressed. I was this and I was that. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was depressed. I'm so bad. So bad. I'm 60 years old and I'm doing ghetto. I've been around the marriage song girls way too long. So there I was at the sink, contemplating suicide. And the Lord said, oh, there you go again. And he went round this tape, this deplorable tape, and showed me how my stupid little life, that I was a little drama queen, and I would fall on the ground and hold my breath, and my dad would throw water on me, tell me to get up. I would walk around with a knife from the kitchen. Now that they should have done something. <laughs> Anyways, it's embarrassing. And he said, you know what? you got to stop all that. That's a piece of mess. That's what that is. He said, what have you been reading? I said, for such a time as this? And it was just the funniest story. Because right smack in the church, he said, Pierce, you've been called for such a time as this, and you need to start a woman's ministry. Because just right at that time, there was this big, buxom woman with black hair, red lipstick, big, everything was big. I got to stop. And she walked in and she said, I don't want to start a woman's ministry. And I went, even my little 26-year-old self was like, oh, uh-uh. Her name was Jerry even. I got to stop. I got to stop. Anyways, so there I was in the kitchen sink and the Lord has a sense of humor. And he said, just like he did with Esther, if you don't do it, I'm going to use Jerry. I'm like me and my little suicide self. I got right out of my suicide self real quick. I said, oh, we're not using Jerry. <laughs> he said, well, you've been called for such a time as this. I said, yeah, well, I don't know about that, but we ain't using Jerry. <laughs> And so he began to show me that I needed to go find these Parises. He said, well, what am I? I don't even know the Bible. And I just can't do this. And I can't do this. And I got three boys that are horrible. And they misbehave. And he said, you put Mike in that playpen. That's what you're going to do. No, I've got to stop. i got to stop. He says, you pick him up. You start a Bible study. And you just start. 
And that was 27 years. That was when I was 27 years ago. And it was, again, there I was, inch by inch. Okay, I'm going to put, you better stop taking them pictures. <laughs> inch by inch. Don't you put this on Facebook. <laughs> inch by inch. There I was with my three kids, my three boys. Hey, let's have Bible study. <laughs> and something supernatural. Do you hear me? Supernatural happens when you begin to step out of yourself and do something for God because it becomes an unbelievable breakthrough that will begin to happen. A song will begin to sing. It takes time. Oh, boy, does it take time. It takes a whole lot of perseverance. It takes a whole lot of just showing up. Just show up for Pete's sake. Just bring them kids, plop them down, open the Bible and say, you know what, we're going to read the book of John today. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And then God begins to show up in a supernatural way. So we're talking about dreams. In Mary, in John 20, 16, is a very heavy story. This is all around the resurrection. And Jesus said unto her, Mary, and she turned and said unto him, Rabbani, Rabboni, which means to say master. So I love this quote. If you want to put this up by McLaren, is we, we probably need to be, start ending. It says, it, McLaren in his commentary says, Jesus bids her hands unclasp. Jesus bids her unclasp her hands and gently instills the ending of the blessed past by opening to her the superior joys of the begun future. I love this. This is right after the resurrection, right in the resurrection. His words contain for us the very heart of our possible relationship to him and teach us that we need envy none who accompanied him with him here. His ascension to the Father is the condition of our truest approach to him. I love that. So Mary, Mary's journey would be the dawning of a new way of faith. Jesus said, blessed are those who don't see yet believe. You know, Mary could have just called it, just called it. She could have been done. That's it. Jesus died. I'm done. I'm going back to the streets. But she sat at the grave weeping. And in her weeping, she began to broaden. And the Holy Spirit began to brood over her life. He saw a dead place. And the Holy Spirit began to brood over it. And that's when she saw Jesus. He said, touch me not because this, this, I'm not ascended. Because I don't want you to touch me anymore in the method that you were accustomed to. Sometimes we're not accustomed to the new workings of the Holy Spirit. When God steps in your life, revival changes things. It looks different. It smells different. But it's the same Holy Spirit. And what we have to learn how to do is yield to the voice of the Lord. We have to learn how to look again. And, you know, there was a lot of things that had to happen to me personally when God began to change us in our church. And one was that I needed to let go of expectation off of all people, that I needed to put my expectation in God, that I was all hung up on what the church did or didn't do and what my husband did or didn't do or what my children did or didn't do. I was all hung up on that. And the Lord began to tell me that I need to let go of all my expectations and just put it on him. That they were not created to fulfill all my needs. Can you imagine that? <laughs> and then he also told me that I need to turn off all the faucets, all the incoming voices and all the incoming traffic in life. And I needed to swim to the bottom of the ocean and understand, learn, 
and to study and give diligent study to the love of God. Sometimes you need to like step out of the traffic. Most of the time you need to get out of the traffic. You need to step into the presence of the Lord. Let's all stand up and let's begin to seek him tonight. The presence of the Lord. That he wants to come and set you free. He wants to minister in a fresh way to you. He wants to do the unexpected. Amen? Amen. He wants to do the impossible in each and every one of our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you for the work of God in us and through us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, if, if you feel that you have a dream that's been washed out or debunked and messed up and burnt out, I just, I just ask you to step forward and come, come forward. And you feel that, that if this message was speaking to you tonight, just step forward. God wants to rebirth. He wants to do a supernatural. He wants to hover and brood over you tonight. He says, live. Let's all pray, peoples. You know, this is what I do at the house. I'm sure all of us do. Things grow dark, things grow silent. It's time for me to stretch my wings. It's time for me to look higher beyond this present place. Yada, it's time for the new song. It's time for the new song. It's time for the new song to be sung again yada 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 when we grow weary when we can no longer speak when everything is taken away it's time again it's time again for the new song in us to be sung and it goes just like it's a song of joy, it's a song of love, it's a song of peace, it's a song of expectation. Lord, you always surprise us, oh Lord. It goes like this. You see, he's always creating. He's never stopped. He can't really keep his hands uncreating. His voice is the sound of many waters. His voice is the sound of all creation. Pray you feel the Holy Spirit. He's awakening each and every one of you. You know, sometimes you just got to let it go. 
You know, it's funny. My son now is the one that was 28. He's 35, I think, 34. He says, Mama, that's just what, what I needed. I had to go to jail. He said, it did me a world of good. So you know what? Whatever happened, it happened. We don't need to figure it out. It's really none of our business. And really what we're saying is, God, I didn't like the way, I don't like your sovereignty. Sovereignty is so amazing. Sovereignty is all he is. Sovereign is all he ever will be. And that's when he needs to take our hand and just sing over us. His words and actions will never make it better, but only the presence of the Holy Spirit. So it goes like this. Jesus. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.